0: Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hope all is well. This is Perry And welcome back to another episode of Shada Philosophy. Some more spiritual spring cleaning today. And this is going to be a slightly different approach. So one of the most popular spiritual pathologies that students write about, something I, of course, experienced myself, is procrastination. And I do think procrastination can be a pathology. It can be a sickness. But Today I wanna highlight how a certain type of procrastination might actually be very helpful. So I was thinking about this a lot. I'm doing a bunch of research in my dissertation and one of the books I'm reading called Switch On Your Brain by Dr. Caroline Leaf has been pretty interesting. So it's an interdisciplinary approach, kind of coming from both a science and religious perspective, which I find to be very interesting. A lot of my work is interdisciplinary You know, kind of taking a philosophy as a way of life approach, I think, welcomes connections to other fields, anthropology and sociology, religion, among others. And in this book, she mentions something called hurry sickness. I went up, looked it on, looked it up online, and it's defined as a mix of anxiety and continual feelings of urgency. So that second part to me is what I want to focus on today. Because we've talked about anxiety already a little bit, and that's a huge issue that I don't want to get too much into for this episode. I want to try to keep it around our usual 15 minutes. And I want to focus on that second part, right? So continual feelings of urgency. I deal with this, not to be ironic, but constantly, right? So I constantly deal with continual feelings of urgency. The sense that we have to be doing something, right? Um, I think to be industrious sort of connects to this. The idea that you're calm when you're busy or when you're focused connects to this. And these are typically things I believe we construe as virtuous, right? That being said, and we go right back to Aristotle, right? We we cannot have them be excessive. So what I wanna point to is this idea that procrastination, if we define it in its like etymological sense, which is like when you really break the word down, right? What it really means is you're putting something off until tomorrow. You're putting something off to the future. Now, I'm gonna make an argument in this brief episode that that is one of the only antidotes. If you suffer from hurry sickness, you have to learn to tell yourself, okay, this is not urgent. This can wait. If you are constantly in a space, or let's say in a mind state, of not allowing yourself to feel like, you know, to give yourself some air that not everything is always this urgent, you're gonna be suffocating, right? And that's a part of, I think, how anxiety connects to this. And I even like this idea of hurry sickness as like, like that, that term to me is very powerful because I think that conveys really nicely how you feel, right? If you're constantly in a rush, if you're constantly feeling like you have to quote, get things done, you're never gonna be happy, right? And one of the points of wisdom for Pierre Hadot is inner peace. You're not gonna ever have that if you perpetuate these ways of thinking and feeling and acting that are characterized by hurry sickness. So there's a great essay available on the School of Life's website on the, or in the book of life, which is like the articles or essays section of the website, which is called, when are we truly productive? And I love that question, right? So the essay begins with sort of a general introduction to the notion that in recent years, by recent, it's happened recently, but it's been a development that's happened really since like the uh, 1800s, 1900s, right? We think about the industrial revolution. We think now about our state of constant connectivity with our phones and our devices, right? We are more productive than ever before, right? And that comes with a lot of good things, but also with a lot of bad things. And something the article raises, and I want to read a couple lines for you that I think are really interesting, right? Is that we need to make time to procrastinate. We need to make time to put all these tasks, all these, you know, let's say, performances of productivity and our modern understanding of what it means to be productive. We need to put them aside. We need to put them away. And we need to make sure that, quote, we are not so much better at executing on plans than we are at stepping back to evaluate whether the plans are the right ones, right? So when we take that time to step back and we suspend those calls that we have to answer emails, those calls that we have to perform, let's say, again, these sort of um, staple elements of how we view productivity and instead give ourselves time to put those things off, right, to think about the purpose of all this? Well, that ability to think about the purpose for me has to start with a good type of procrastination. Because if we have the hurry sickness, right? And we're in a continual feeling of feelings of urgency, we're in that continual feeling, everything then requires a response from us right in that moment. That's not healthy. And the essay does a really great job of, of supporting that point by saying, quote, if we had the strength to disagree with the harried conditions of modern work, We might come to recognize that a quiet room in mid-afternoon, when we have nothing pressing to do until dinner, no one to see and no messages to reply to, might be among the most productive places we could be. We would recognize the profound value of spending hours staring out of a window, seemingly wasting time, but in reality maybe generating thoughts that would spare us extraordinary confusion and error. And that's really how you feel when you suffer from hurry sickness. You're confused. I deal with this regularly, right? I dealt with this this morning before I even recorded this podcast. Everything feels so urgent that we don't even know what to do first. So we have to get good at procrastinating and seeing what could wait for the afternoon, what could wait for tomorrow, what could even wait for next week. And in that space, we might be able to do what this essay is saying. What this essay is basically talking about, in my opinion, is authentic leisure, times when again the calls from the external world to our attention or for our attention is a better way to put it are are kind of you know suspended the word skole i may have mentioned this right comes from the ancient greek or i'm sorry the word school comes from the ancient greek skole which means to suspend school is supposed to be a place where the demands of the external working world were not heard loudly or intensely or frequently it was a place where you could cultivate a self Right. That inward gaze has to happen at the expense of being poked by the outside world. So it creates like this nice sort of isolation in a sense. That's not permanent or, or maybe even not all that long lasting, but it's meaningful and it's focused and it's concentrated. And a large part of that is learning how to procrastinate, how to once again put off these things. Not everything is urgent. And what this essay highlights really nicely is that we we live in a world where everything seems urgent because we're obsessed with productivity. And instead of being obsessed with productivity, we have to make time through procrastination for this type of authentic leisure. The, The article really elaborates on this nicely. It says, quote, in our inability to be lazy enough, we run into problems. Right. We have to learn how to not be so busy all the time. We have to learn how to be, once again, lazy, and we have to learn how to procrastinate correctly. As the article says, outwardly idling does not have to mean that we are neglecting to be fruitful, which is to say just sitting and thinking. Although looking at that from a distance, by the way, we're doing nothing. We actually might be doing something really important. Below the surface, as the article says, there might be a lot going on that, both, that is both important and in its own way very arduous or difficult. We don't have to only get good at executing plans, but we have to get good at reflecting on the value of the plans and on their ultimate purpose. If we are constantly answering the call to be, quote, productive because we suffer from hurry sickness and we don't cultivate the ability to learn how to correctly procrastinate, we will fall into this trap. The article once again highlights that this not only requires time, but it requires confidence, right? We need to feel brave enough to distance ourselves from immediate demands. The person who suffers from hurry sickness cannot do that. We need to make time to be in nature, we need to make time to read, we need to make time to talk, we need to make time for solitude and silence, and once again, as I always say, maybe some self-writing, such that we don't fall into this productivity trap. Such that we don't, as the article says, avoid what's going on beneath behind all these actions because we're so caught up in this outward frenzy. We're so busy working that we don't even think about our real feelings about the work itself. The hard work we need to do to honor our potential for this article or for this essay, I love this idea, might involve some healthy procrastination. So let's think about this for a second, right? And maybe there are those of us who need a greater, sense of, a greater sense of urgency in life, right? We'll do another episode for all of you. And I'm that person too at times. Of course, we all fall into that. But I think today's episode is great for those of us who feel like there's this sense of hurry sickness. So locate that in your life, right? If it's something you deal with. What are the things that seem most urgent to you? And let's really examine them. Are they really all that urgent? What the essay is encouraging us to do again is really question what it even means to seem productive. And I like how they use the word fruitful, right? Being productive is maybe even different, we could say, than being fruitful. Let's say that being fruitful is kind of like a meaningful version of being productive. And think about, like you know, e- even just the idea of the process, planting a tree, digging a hole, planting the seeds, watering it, cultivating it, and then what grows from that gives you sustenance, gives you nourishment, gives you life. If something's fruitful, it's nourishing. That is a profoundly philosophical idea. If something is productive, maybe you make a product that might serve a purpose, and hopefully it does, but we have to be vigilant of that. So by that I mean we have to make sure that when we're being productive, we're also being fruitful, that we're also feeling nourished, ourselves when we do the things, and also that we're offering nourishment to others. So what the essay is offering and what procrastination in a good way might offer is ultimately a protection against productivity that isn't meaningful. Because again, if we're constantly feeling everything is urgent, everything needs to get done, we don't make the time to realize if we should be doing these things. We don't make the time also to think about how we're doing them and what doing them is maybe doing to us. So learning how to procrastinate, is kind of a challenge I offer in this episode, right? This is something I struggle with personally a lot. If you feel constantly overwhelmed, it might not be that you're overwhelmed by the things themselves. It might be that you're suffering from hurry sickness and you don't know how to relate to the things. That's my problem. I think everything has to get done right now. That's a lie. I think everything has to get done yesterday. That's not how life works. So think about what the essay offered. Literally make time on a weekly basis. If not, maybe even a daily basis to pause, practical, right? Put the phone down, practical, close the computer. Dr. Cal Newport, I mentioned him quite frequently recently, talks about having a shutdown method and practice on a daily basis. I'm gonna work till seven or whatever, I'm gonna close the laptop, I'm gonna close the phone, and there are certain other rituals I'm gonna use that are gonna help me relax. And in that relaxation, we enter into a state of being where we might be able to have these reflective, seemingly procrastinating seemingly inactive moments or a series of moments that are in fact really fruitful because we're having creative thoughts. We're having thoughts about meaning, about purpose. We might have thoughts that are reflecting on our day. All of these things are different than, let's say, quote, productively sitting and answering emails or, quote, productively sitting and performing tasks that we associate with a specific type of work, work that's connected to ends, let's say, that are material. This is soul work. So learning to procrastinate is a key part of doing that soul work because a lot of times, unfortunately, the external world is not asking us to do that soul work, but it's work that's necessary for fulfilling life. I had a conversation with a friend of mine recently about that and I complimented him on having some serious growth. Like he's like, yeah, man, the stuff that used to bother me just isn't bothering me the same way anymore. And I was like, I went out of my way to tell him, not only, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm happy for you. Like, I'm proud of you because it wasn't easy. But I also went out of my way to say, you know, it's it's so odd to me that there's no other way you could really, like, if you don't think about that yourself, if you don't congratulate yourself a little bit, it's unfortunate that outside of healthy friendships, you you feel like we don't encourage that as a society, right? So I hope that offering philosophy in this form right on the podcast, in a sense, is like – We're creating a community around working on ourselves together. And I think within that community, we get a sense of fulfillment too, right? So I hope that's, maybe that's a takeaway too, right? Procrastinators who learned how to procrastinate in a healthy way will likely, I think, feel a greater sense of gratification because the sense of urgency too also creates the sense that you're always not doing enough. And if there's one thing that we get, and it's not necessarily a material reward, right? But one thing that we might get in the non-material world is the sense that we are doing enough. So learning how to procrastinate, say, you know what, that can wait for tomorrow. I've done enough today. That sense of enoughness is kind of one of the rewards we might get for trying to prioritize some soul work. So that's another little bit spiritual spring cleaning. Learn how to procrastinate better. Learn how to procrastinate in a healthy way and try to fight off some hearty sickness. Hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you soon.